Welcome everyone to Two Dudes in a Cage. I'm Matt, and we're with... I'm Charles Clark. And today we have a very special guest. We have Tim Baser. He's a fighter, a coach, a gym owner, and an owner of Omaha Fight Club. He has a career in MMA spanning over 20 years with fights in numerous promotions, including Bellator. His Omaha Fight Club promotion is the longest MMA promotion in the Midwest and has a card coming up on September 2nd. Thank you for joining us, Tim. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing good. So, first question is, since you've been doing MMA for over 20 years, how did you get your start? Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so long ago. Um, so I had heard rumors that this bar was holding fights, like they, you know, anybody could sign up, you just go into the bar, uh, sign a release form and you can fight. Uh, <clears throat> they didn't really give me details, but I'm a street fighter. Uh, and when I say street fighters, like. You know, I'd fight anybody, anywhere, anytime, for any reason. I, I, I was a knucklehead um, growing up. But I also grew up in a, you know, a ghetto neighborhood that I had to fight to survive. So I grew up fighting. Um, so I went to this bar. Me and my buddy went to this bar and uh, walked in and they had a ring. And it was packed. It was, you know, it was a bar. So like two, three hundred people and just surrounding this ring and, it was live. Like, it was crazy. People were, like, just fighting. They had some, like, weird MMA gloves on that just padded your uh, your knuckles. It wasn't even, like, <laughs> to these days MMA gloves and those days MMA gloves are, like, totally different. But uh, they, they had these little thin padded gloves that just uh, covered your knuckles. And, and I just watched. And I was like, okay. And then towards the end of the night, uh, it was starting to slow down. The fights were slowing down. And I jumped in the ring. And I'm like, I'll fight anybody around 155 pounds. And uh, the announcer was like, no, we don't have time to sign new guys up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah. He's like, we ain't got nobody. I was like, all right, I'll fight you. And he was like, oh, he started laughing, trying to make jokes out of it. I was like, look, I'm serious. I'll fight tonight, right now. And uh, he was like, I'll tell you what, you come back next week and I'll lose 20 pounds and blah, blah, blah. Was, you know, he was just clowning and having fun with it. But I was serious. I was, <laughs> I felt it, you know. Uh, but anyways, long story short, they didn't let me fight that night. And, uh, story, man. Uh, so, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I know that, that feeling you get though when you see oh, it yeah. and everyone's what? screaming your name and there's all the people are watching you it's just it's like a feeling like no other so I totally understand what you're saying uh, it, it, it was just like something just came over like I said I, I was I fight anybody anywhere there could be two or three of you I, I would fight you you know um, but the next week I go and I had an excess tooth where, you know, it was, it was pussing out and like, man, I just don't, I don't think it's smart to fight, you know? So I go in and 
and I wasn't feeling it right away. So my brother and my brother went with me and he was like, he was like, man, if you don't feel it, don't fight. I was like, man, I don't feel it. Like there's nothing there. You know, I just don't feel it. And my tooth's all jacked up, whatever. Uh, so the guy's on the mic <laughs> and he was like, remember that pussy bitch last week that, uh, that, that called me out? He's scared. He's scared. And I'm like, man, it, it doesn't matter what you do. I just don't feel it. Like something over me wasn't wasn't there. So I opted out. I was like, well, I looked like a pussy, but you know, I was okay with it because you know the safety of myself. Now, if they would fight me out in the crowd, you know, a totally different world. But it was a it was a scheduled fight ish, and so he called me a pussy and a bitch. So the next week I didn't go because this was every Tuesday they had fights. Every single Tuesday they would pack the house. So the third week I go and this 220-pound uh, dude like saw me at the door walking in. He was like, hey, dude, I, I'm fighting that dude for you uh, next week and blah, blah, blah. I was like, nah, I'm fighting him tonight. <laughs> so I felt it, you know. And we were in the main event, and I beat the fucking brakes off of that dude. I mean, beat the brakes off of him. Sent him to the hospital. Uh, it, it was the, and they were, because he was known for, that was his people, but I also knew a lot of people because, you know, running the streets. And they were chanting my name. They were chanting his name. They, You know, you felt the vibe. I mean, it was just like packed. Like, there, nobody else could fit in the building. It was so packed, and I ended up sending him to the hospital, uh, and like from that moment on, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Like that was that was my life. So that's. Uh, but we became really good friends after that. But that was uh, that was my start, and I never turned back. That's awesome, man. You just fell in love with it, huh? I did. I did. It was the crowd, the, the the atmosphere, and the challenge of like uh, setting that fight up versus just getting into a fight. It was. It was what amazing. year was that? Two thousand one, January or uh, June sixth, June fifth, two thousand one. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. You've been in the game a long time, man. Yeah. Most most people. Are, have have come and gone in that span, you know. I mean, I'm sure you've seen um, MMA, the game as a whole, like change, you know. Absolutely, and it's it's grown so much and it's changed so much a bit, you know, from old school to new school. And, and uh, man, is there anything you can share on that and that that the evolution and the change you've seen during your your career? Uh, I know that's kind of a, a weird question. Well, it's, it, it is, but it isn't. Like, people who who understand MMA today don't really understand MMA back then. Like, there was hardly, like, the amateur level back then was just a promoter throwing a ring or a cage in the middle of a bar and letting anybody fight. No yeah. blood work. No, no, hot, no ambulance there. No doctors there. No, you know, nobody was looking out for you. There's been, like, I I was involved in a couple of them, but there would be, like, if you beat up a guy in the ring, you know, his buddies were trying to jump in, 
from the outside. Like it was, it was the like, <laughs> it was like gladiator days. It was crazy. Um, so, and like I said, there was no gyms. There was nobody training you. It was just the best, the best come in and, and fight that day and, and, you know, move, have a beer afterwards if you drank and whatever. Uh, most of the people were drinking before the fight, you know, before they even signed up. Yeah. Like, it, it was just a whole different world back then that I knew, you know, and I was like, that's what I was accustomed to starting off. Um, but now it's yeah. evolved so much that, you know, it's hard to fight, hard to fight an untrained fighter because, you know, the, the opportunity is there. I never had that opportunity. You know, my opportunity was actually just fighting. Like, you just go and fight. And, right. You know, best man win. That's how you learned. That's how you got better. Absolutely. So, would but, you like go- now, you know, you're, you got, you got your sanctioning bodies, your, you know, people looking over, making sure all the rules are followed. And uh, so it, it's, it's a whole different world, man. So would you compare like the early days to like boxing, um, how they have like smokers or they just go? Yeah, to, similar. Like, very similar. Okay. Very similar. And uh, I know you, uh, you mentioned that you guys would just come and sign up and fight. I know uh, in your career you've had more than one fight on the same day. Or is it back in those days? <laughs> I, fought, I fought three times in one night. Wow. Back in those days. I had, with my first year of fighting, I had 35 fights. Or 34 fights. I, I so, can't imagine fighting multiple times in one night. I mean, even if I did good and won the fight in the first round, just... And having to go through all that again, the anticipation and the walkout, and the, I, three times in one night. I mean, that see, that's kind of what I'm talking about. That old school. You, you just come from that old school. It's just a, a different mentality. The, the the type of person that was fighting back then is just it's, it's different. It's just it's so way different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I, I just I love it. Sorry. I'm, I'm no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, fighting three times in my I never like I didn't know any different. Like, I was just a fighter. That was my life. It's like, okay, next guy signs up. Cool. I'm ready. You know? Like, and it really wasn't like, because it was a bar, it, there wasn't that long walkout or like, you got to pick your music or, you know, it wasn't that organized to where uh, it was just like this guy versus this guy, you know? Get him in the ring, introduce him, and, and away we go. So, like, fighting multiple times in one night, it was pretty, you know, common for some of us. Uh, you know, there wasn't enough fighters, so the, the same guy would fight a couple times, you know. And and <laughs> surprisingly, you they saw the first two dudes get beat up, and they want to try <laughs> their, you know, skill level. Uh, and then they get beat up, too. So it was, uh, back then, like I said, it was totally different world. But there wasn't a lot of rules either. I mean, like you really couldn't headbutt eye gods and, and uh, fish up. Which is like the, the basic one, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. other than that, like literally... Anything was game. Yeah. They, they had the, those little minor rules that, you know, ain't going to get you in, in too much of I saw soccer kicks. I saw uh, people being thrown out of the ring. 
Uh, it, it was just crazy. Yeah, I've, I've seen some, I've been to a lot of live events, uh, most of them are amateur. I've seen some really crappy cages in my day. I've seen guys, like, practically break the cage back. I saw one guy who got picked up, and his head got cut, like the back of his head got cut wide open. From the On the cage? Yeah, from the cage. Yeah. Uh, they, they called the fight because it was so bad. Uh, it was a no contest, but, man, I've seen, yeah, you know, just, like, the, the conditions they fought in and, and things Well, there like was that. no blueprint. There was no rules. Like, people just went off of what they what they thought was right, you know? Right. Like, it wasn't, I don't know. I, I don't fault the promoter because I was one of those promoters. Like, I did not know anything once I started promoting. I just, I built my own cage without even a blueprint. Like, like, I didn't know anything. I just kind of went off what I learned in the past. It was like, I don't want to do that. I'll use this, you know, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, I don't fault those things. I mean, those things happen. So, it, it's, uh, people are like, oh, my God, I would have never fought back then. No, you wouldn't have because you're a pussy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, with your long career, what do you think would be your most memorable moment? Like, if you if you retired today, like what would be the most memorable thing in your career? I don't want to retire today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of fight uh, left in you, so. Yeah, I got a little bit. Uh, my most memorable moment was definitely my number, my first fight. I mean, that's if that didn't get me started, you know, I don't know where I would be today working for the guy, I guess. I, that sounds so boring, but... Um, uh, as far as, I don't, man, I have so many in the fight game, you know, like we got Nebraska sanctioned. We started, we, we, I have 132 events in Nebraska. I, I, you know, didn't have a blueprint. I started when there was like the warrior, you know, days, like, I don't know. There's so many memorable moments. Uh, as far as fighting, I'm just a fighter, so they all they all blend in. Um, fight multiple times in one night. I don't I don't have a specific uh, moment that I that would that if you said, "Hey, what's your moment?" Like you did, like I don't have one that just says that was it because it's the whole thing. Like just knowing where I came from and kind of where I'm at right now. That's the moment, you know. Uh, some people are like, "Oh my God, I fought on a card with this guy." I fought on a card with with uh, with you know, just uh, see, and they, they don't even they don't mean that much to me. Is right. my point? You is, fought James Krause, right? I did fight James yeah. Krause, right. Right. and and I was winning that fight, <laughs> and he uh, so. That was, we were in South Dakota, and it was during Sturgis, Sturgis week, Man. and there, it was amazing, it was amazing. What the plan was, I guess, is every night, they were going to have fights, and they were going to have, every weight class was a tournament, so you were like, you were competing every night, multiple times a night, to get seated in this tournament, and then you were going to fight in the tournament, uh... And, you know, best man wins. Well, 
like I came in at one one fifty two. Uh from one fifty one. I came at one fifty one on Sunday. And they were starting to fight on Monday. Uh I'll never forget this. So they the promoter gave me a, an opportunity to drop to forty five. And I could have done it. Like it was like all you have to do is make forty six. I was like, that's five pounds, I can do it in the next three hours. Not not a big deal. Um so I had a choice. Do I give up the weight and fight at fifty five or cut down? But the issue is there wasn't a lot of fighters at 45, and I wanted to fight every night. There was a little bit more fighters at 55, so I'm like, look, I'll fight 55. The issue was you only had to weigh in once, all week long. So James was in a was in an actual gym at that time. I don't I don't remember what gym, but he was in an actual gym, and I was just freely fighting. This is all pros, and um, so we go down there, and I was like, you know what, I I don't. I don't care to lose the weight. I could. I looked at all the roster. I'm like, man, I don't think anybody, you know, I want the tough guys. So uh, I stayed at 55, and he had cut from 70 to 55. And he would, every time he would, like, we didn't get matched up right away. We, uh, so he would come out, and I'd smoke my guys, and he would pretty much smoke his guys. He would be wearing his glasses and his cell phone walking out like he was, he was and it was entertainment. You know, he was just being cool. And so I'm like, man, I hope he walks out like that with me. And this was the last night. So we had both like pretty much made it to the finals. Uh, and he, uh, he didn't come out like that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come out like that, which I was like, okay, he respects me. You know, like he, he, he knows what he's up against, I guess. Like, he, he respected me to do that, which was kind of threw me off because I was hoping he would do that to fire me up a little bit because I don't like cocky people. I always beat up bullies, you know what I'm saying? I hate cocky people. And uh, he didn't act cocky, so it kind of threw me off. But we went out there, and we were slugging, and I was beating him standing up. And I think somehow he pulled guard or something, and I was holding him up against the cage, and I was, I'd hit him a couple times, and the ref's like, the ref's like, if you don't want to advance your position, we're going to stand you up. I was like, well, he ain't advancing his position, so you might as well just stand us up. <laughs> and I'm on top. <laughs> so I'd say this to the ref. I was like, you might as well just stand us up. You know, I'm not going to let this guy move. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know he's a trained fighter. And I wasn't trained. I just fought in the ring, you know. Uh, I mean, I had a few pro fights, but I still was not in a gym yet. And... He, uh, we stood up, we're banging it out again, and we clinched up again, and he threw up a flying triangle that I'd never seen in my life, and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And he was like, you know, like, and I was like, dude, you gotta tell me what that was. And, yeah, he just surprised me, you know, there's no way, if I would've known that, like, back in those days, like, you was not gonna be able to do that to me, because I would be prepared for that. Right. But, he caught me Nice little flying triangle, and uh, and I tapped out, and I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we were friends after that. You know, he wasn't like that cocky dude that I thought he was. You know, you got to be confident, and then he was just an entertainer at that time, and he had fun. So I've always liked that about fighting, where I've kind of uh, uh, made Facebook friends with the people I fought, and kind of uh, 
kept in touch with them afterwards. Right. I like that about fighting. I think that's, that's cool, you know. Yep. I, f- I feel like you guys share something, so you're already drawn closer. <laughs> Do you think being a fighter has helped you build your promotion? Like, Because you can see... As a fighter, what you don't like from other promotions, so you keep that out. Do you think that helps? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But 90% of the promoters out there are not fighters. They're businessmen. Yeah. So they're all about their money or their, like, their brand or whatever. But if you go to most promotions, they're wearing a suit and they're nice clothes. I wear regular clothes. I'm one of you guys. You know, I'm a fighter first. So I look at it like, if I was a fighter, how would I want to be treated? And and that's how I kind of run my promotion. You know, I don't dress up and like be this like person I'm not because I'm not that person. You know, I don't want to. I don't want that image to be. You know, Tim's a super businessman. Yeah, I'm a businessman, but I'm a fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm giving this opportunity for you to be a fighter, also. You know, from a fighter's perspective and what how you want to be treated. I've been to so many promotions, including Bellator, where I could not, like, stand how they treated you. Like, it was trash. You know, unless you're this big name selling them a million tickets and blah, 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 you're trash. And I couldn't, you know, I can't live with that in my promotion. So, absolutely, it, it makes a huge difference being a fighter and running a promotion. I'll never forget... A few years ago, they they're no longer a promotion. I'm not going to drop any names, but there was a another promoter in Nebraska, and he was talking a lot of a lot of shit on other promotions. And you called him out, and you're like, "You have oh, a, absolutely, yeah." You're like, "You have a, a fight card coming up. Let's get in the cage. I'll meet you at 155 or 170." I'll never it never happened, but I was no. rooting for you. Ryan Stoddard from Victory. I know who yeah. the hell you're talking about. <laughs> piece of shit. He's still a piece of shit. I wish I could put my hands on him. He's just, he's just a, he's, he's a prick. Like, he's just one of those arrogant, like, he, he was handed the business. It was like, regardless of how, if, if he ended up buying it or not, he was handed the business, which, which I'm okay with. Be in the right spot at the right time. Be blessed. But he wasn't being blessed. You know, he was just like, I'm the shit. Like, he talks shit to the fighters in the back. And I'm like, dude, I will beat your ass. You know, like, I'm not that guy. You know, don't, don't talk shit to these fighters. They're not, you know, they're doing you a favor. They're doing you a service. So don't don't try to be this arrogant prick. Oh, my, I just can't. <laughs> he fires me up. Anytime, anywhere, I'll beat his ass. So, but, yeah, I uh, he fought at 45 and, like, made this ridiculous record up when he fought. He actually fought in his promotion once and he was like, made this ridiculous uh, record up that he was he was fighting uh, and he ended up winning. I was like, perfect. Perfect opportunity. You got this record, I got this record, let's fight. But he never, ever wanted that smoke. <laughs> There's just some guys I... <laughs> doesn't matter. Anytime, anywhere. So do you do you fight on the uh, Omaha Fight Club events yourself? So so I have I have um, and I will again. Like it's not 
Like I'll run the show and fight. It's it's a little challenging, but I've done it for so long that you know it almost just runs itself. Yeah, but when you get to fight, yeah. yeah. So everything everything just runs smooth, and then you know I really just run the event until the third to the last fight or whatever, and then you know I go warm up. Right. That's so, cool. You probably have the the people in place that I do run the show. I have a great team, so yeah, and we we do nothing but grow, which is amazing. Most of the time, in, in my experience, what I've seen from Fight Club, like uh, it's like gym members, and they do like volunteer, you know, and they'll you know set up and work security and, and yeah, like that. I have so with that, I have a rule: if you're an active fighter, you can't work security because now you feel in control and like like. Most of the amateurs anyway can't, I mean, they can't fight, but they don't know control. They don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, so I don't just throw anybody in there. I make sure that, like, they don't have, you know, that, like, puffy chest. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> let's, let's not mix business. Right. Right. So, I'm going to, you own your own gym promotion yes. and you're a fighter and you also started doing kids MMA classes what does it mean to you to introduce something that you love to a younger generation of potential fighters uh, it's not that I'm a, a, a kids MMA class it's based on MMA but I do an anti-bullying class Okay. so they can grow from that class to the MMA classes and like one on ones and stuff like that. But my main thing is I hate bullies. Like, when I was in in school uh, as a kid growing up, like, I just, I despised the tough guy. Like, I went in there and, and challenged every one of them. Like, that was my thing. Like, and I wasn't, I mean, I was tough. But I wasn't like, I wasn't, you know, just that, I didn't let people get away with crap. I just, all my friends were the underdogs, you know. They they grew up with, you know, less than everybody else. And I didn't like anybody making fun of them or, you know, treating them different. They're still human. So I always challenge those guys who, who, uh, who cross that line. So my, my give back is to teach kids how to defend themselves how to walk away when they can, how to stick up for themselves, uh, doing the right thing, knowing that, you know, that, that talk is just talk. Um, we teach, we teach rear naked chokes. We teach, you know, arm bars. We teach, you know, how to throw punches and how to, uh, fall into like, um, fall into, uh, safe, safe positions and stuff like that. Where, you know, I, I don't want to teach guys how to fight. You know, what I, what if if I feel like you're you're advanced in this class, I send you to our wrestling program, and I get that base first. I want you to have that wrestling base because I was a wrestler, street fighter, so I had that wrestling base where like I could fight if I could fight on standing up or we go to the ground, I could fight there. So I figured, you know, get that wrestling base is going to be key. 
Plus, it teaches you, you know, it's one-on-one, and you're going to get your butt whooped. And, you know, you can come back from that, or you're getting whooped, and you can come back. And, you know, wrestling is just, it's just a whole different sport, especially growing up, where if I think, like, you're going to make it, like, as an MMA person, you know, I send you to the wrestling program, and we base it off there. And then in the summers, you can come to, you know, the MMA uh, program. So we do a little bit of both. We start them off in the anti-bullying program and, and and build them from there, but it's all based around MMA. That's good because kids kids are mean these days, and they know <laughs> they know who. Yeah. They are. Like my thirteen year old, he's very passive, and he gets you know he doesn't really get picked on, but. It's because, you know, he's got family that works at his school. And he's right. shorter, and I'm like, man, so, you know, I'd teach him, like, look, if someone comes after you, you know, take a step back, make sure you can't. I always like high guard. I know it's yeah. not the best, but it's always easier to go down than up, so. Well, I always say hit first, hit hard, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you feel threatened. If you feel threatened, you know. go ahead and fire off. We'll we'll take care of business later. But I don't. I teach my guys like, look, if you absolutely cannot walk away for any reason, you feel like you're being threatened. Go ahead and fire off, and and just start swinging right to the right to the face. I don't like because I've learned like if me and you square up, it's just a matter of if one of us throws a punch. Yeah, and if one of us throws a punch. Is the other person getting knocked out? I've seen so many one-punch knockouts that I'm not giving you that opportunity. If you if you threaten me, like I feel physically threatened, I'm firing off. There's no, and it's not because you know I want to I want to beat you up. It's because you threatened me. You know, like you physically like were going to hurt me, and I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that chance of waking up and being like, what if? Yeah, no. you gotta be you gotta be first. Yeah, that's it. Just fire off first if you feel threatened. Like, words don't mean shit, but, you know, if you get in my face and, like, you're puffing up, oh, I got to fire off. I got it. And and the bad, thing about, yeah, the bad thing about these days is, you know, like, you get assault charges at 13. You know what? Take the assault charge. That Take it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it'll delete when you're 18, whatever. It won't matter. But right now... Just you know, handle business so the next person isn't going to bully you. Yeah. Period. Otherwise, it'll keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how it goes, you know. Just... And people feed off of that one way or the other, you know. Like I, w- I bullied that kid. Oh, that felt good or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or you know what? That dude is not going to mess with that dude anymore. <laughs> so. So. With that, you know, feeling threatened, sometimes it happens when you're in the cage. Not feeling threatened, but, you know, odds are against you, backs against the wall. What's your, if you feel that you're, you know, down on the cards, what's your, like, go-to move? Uh, man, everything's situated. I tell my guys this all the time. Everything is situational. I don't know where I'm at in the fight. I don't know. What's going on? You know, is he is he a striker? Is he a, a grappler? Are we on the ground? There's so many scenarios 
that I can't actually answer that question. But my biggest thing is heart. And 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 if I'm clear minded, like I always think like, okay, you got yours, now I have to get mine. And this fight isn't over until I get mine. Whether there's you know, I'm like, you know, you try to calculate the time, but at the same time you're like, you know what? Now's the time. You gotta find that opening. You you know, you've lasted this long and sometimes it just turns into a defensive fight and you're like, you know what? I probably lost this fight, but there's no way he's finishing it. So it's just a mind thing of saying, okay, this dude's a beast and, and he was he outclassed me today. Great. I'm going to survive this fight. I'm going to survive to the end. I'm not going to let him glorify a, a TKO or, you know, just throw an arm out there or whatever. Um, there's some fights you're like, you know what? I'm not going the next 10 minutes like this. So, you know, if there's an opportunity uh, and, and I'm really, really hurt, I got I to gotta walk. Um, and I've only done that once, which was my last fight. Uh, <laughs> I fought that Anthony uh, Martin dude from the UFC. And my goal was one round. Like, I went in there on a three days notice to fight one of the top dudes in the world. He's a beast, 15 and three or something like that. He's at 185. I literally are walking around at 181. So he cut from two. I mean, he had to be 210, 220 when I fought him. He was huge. And uh, my goal from, from the get-go was last one good round with him. And if my goal would have been last two rounds with him, I would have lasted two rounds with him. But I came into the second round, and I'm like, all right. And we were he was talking back and forth. We were like, you know, jabbing at each other. And he was just like, you're a pussy. I'm like, dude, I took this on three days notice. I'm 45 years old. I'm a pussy, really? Because I'm like not letting him hit me. I'm like, okay, whatever. I was like, you're a black belt. Can't submit me. Because in the first round, he was mounting me, and he had side control, and he couldn't submit me. So that's my... You know, that's my go-to. It's like, whatever I feel is the right thing, I already said it in my head. It's like, you're not finishing me, you know, in the first round. So come second round, you know, we're going back and forth, back and forth. I was like, you know what? In, in my head, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to win this fight. So he's just going to keep trying to, you know, hit me, hit me, hit me, whatever. So I was like, I'll tell you what, Martin. I was like, I'm going to hit you one good time. I'm going to take you down. You're going to submit me. He was Because we were talking back and forth. And he was like, all right, so I fucking blasted him, did a shot, and he did an anaconda choke on me, which, you know, I'm okay with I because I took the fight on three days' notice. I don't, not that I don't belong in the in the higher level because I really feel like I do if I had a full fight camp. I'm not a 185-er. Uh, I'm fighting one of the top dudes in the world. I'm not winning, you know. All the odds were against me, but my goal was set, and I set it, you know, and I, I accomplished that goal by lasting around with a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a top dude in the world. I'm okay with it, you know? So I was okay with getting out of that fight. Majority of the fight, so, like, I feel like I'm in it. Like, and if you're beating me up, I'll try to find that way. But it's a mental thing. Like, it's it's finding that grit when when you don't, you don't think you have it. That's what gets you through that fight. How do you, um, uh, you know, obviously it's through your heart, but how do, how do you do it? Uh, how do you, 
how does someone dig deep when they don't have the energy, when their cardio is gone? Um, is is there is there a way to explain it besides just saying you know do it uh, hard? Uh, can you um, so I always, I always use this example with my guys in the gym. I was like, big hearts that can't fight are just punching bags. Like literally, mm-hmm. you're in there getting beat up because you have this, this heart of like, I'm not gonna fail. Uh, no, your face is. You're, <laughs> you're gonna get hurt. Like. Sometimes it's okay to know you were outbeat. You know, as a coach, you learn that. As a fighter, I had to learn that. But as a coach, you know, you don't want your guy to just get pummeled. I haven't thrown the towel in yet because as a matchmaker, I try to make sure all the fights are, like, as even as I can get them. You know, on both sides. That's so, good. <clears throat> um. No, you're good. You're good. As far as like you, I guess it's all within the person, and 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 the situation makes sense too. Like, are they getting beat up standing up, and they're just wobbling around a little bit, and they're you know maybe they're they've concussed, so they don't really remember too much of it. Uh, are they on the ground just getting pummeled and just surviving by holding on? Um, are they in the fight, you know, like holding on tight enough to where they're not getting pummeled, they're getting pummeled, they're not getting pummeled, they're surviving for that one chance. I've seen that. You know, I've seen somebody get beat up for two and a half rounds and then and then and then win. Last uh, night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so but he was in the fight, you know. Well he was losing, but he was in the fight. Um as far as like I think you have to ask yourself, is it my reputation? Is it, is it, you know, my fans? Is it, you know, what is holding on? Did I, did I come in here and dedicate this song, this fight to my grandma who just passed away? You know, those are all inner demons that you have to fight. Also getting, getting beat up, you know? So you can't really explain it because everybody has a different, you know, story. Uh, I I don't know. For those guys who are always getting beat up, I don't know what's wrong with them. Maybe it's a mental thing. Like uh, maybe they should just retire. But and and on the flip end is what's the matchmaker thinking? You know what? What are you? Are you just putting this fight together to save tickets? Are you putting this fight together because it's an amazing fight? You know, I always look back at how do you want your reputation? You know, like, no different than that victory dude. Like, it was one-sided cards all the time. And every once in a while, he'd have a good fight. But he never gave credit to where it was due, and he always had his favorite guys. And he always got his favorite guys easy wins. You know, so those, those guys who are just fighting to fight, or just being thrown to the wolves. I, I, I just can't stand it. But going back to the original, uh, everybody has their mindset of saying why they survived that 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 round or that fight. Um, it's whatever they feel, you know, are they a pussy? 
you know, I did it because I'm not a pussy. Yeah, but you got beat up, you know. So sometimes I, I don't know. I can't I can't speak for everybody, uh, but for like somebody like me, it's like I have a reputation of getting in there and fighting the best dudes. I only really want to fight the best dudes. I'm not saying I haven't fought lesser guys than me, but they're human. Um, but it's no different than they want. They're in my situation where I'm trying to fight the top dudes in the world. He's trying to fight top dudes. I'm one of you know. He looks at me as a top dude, so he'll fight me. So I got to look at it, everything. And why did you fight me? Why are you getting beat up? You know, it's just your challenge. It's whatever you feel in your heart and your mind that is going to make you take that fight and go out there and fight. I like it. Uh, touch on some um, Eric Hay Haycraft. He runs Real Fighters out of Kentucky um, kickboxing gym. He says you have to uh, have twelve fighters to make to make a career, right? Um, four guys that um, four guys that are going to challenge you. Four guys that you can beat um, that are cans, and four guys that are you uh, fifty fifty with, right? So you can. Yep. <laughs> Well, a guy, you move up. You challenge yourself. You move down. Um, and if and if you can't pick out those twelve fighters um, from your area, you either are in the wrong pool or you don't have a career. Um, what What do you think about that? Um, um, like, should a person have like a, a, a close to a dozen fights before going professional? It seems like a lot of people have three amateur fights and go pro nowadays. Um, do you think people should build their careers off of a mentality like that um, before jumping straight to professional? So that is amazing that we have the same theory. Is As a matchmaker, I have lanes. So your beginner lane, your athlete lane, and your killer lane. Yeah. Like So when I matchmake, I say stay in your lane. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to challenge yourself, make sure that they're on that border of, you know, athlete, not not great athlete, but an athlete, and and not really a bum, but not really athletic. So uh, ride that ride that line, you know, vice versa. That way, you know if you're ready to jump over. Um, as far as a fighter wise, twelve fights. I had 35, but it was way back in the days. I could fight every weekend. You know, not nowadays you can't. But uh, I think every fighter is different. I think it. I think it starts where are you in a gym? Are you taking it serious? Um, did you fight really good guys when you fought them? Um, how was the challenge? Where are you at uh, age-wise? Like, so all these things make a big difference. The issue, here's the issue I face, is uh, managers and promoters. They have their favorite fighters, and they're going to, there's cans out there, and pro and amateur level, that they're going to, match these cans up with these guys they want to build over ticket sales, over, you know, athlete background, over popularity, or, you know, whatever it is, they're building their fighter. 
I don't like it. It happens in boxing on the lower level that nobody ever sees unless you've been to smokers and you know you know the the, the lower level of, of professional boxing. I cannot stand it. Tommy um, Fury. Oh my goodness! He fought a you guy who's three and hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it happens all over the world, and yeah. it happens more often than people think. Like you think that this guy is really 17 and up. And he is, but 15 of his fights were against total cans. Losing record, guys. You fought, everyone he fought had a losing record. You know? Everybody. And not even like close to, like, like none of them together have more wins than you do. And you've only fought 17 times. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And it totally. shouldn't be like that. Cody Garbrandt called out Thomas Almeida for that when they were fighting uh, back in 2014. He said, you fought taxi drivers. That's why you're 21 and 1. <laughs> yeah. That, and that happens all the freaking time, especially in third world countries. Yeah, but, Thailand is coming. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so crazy, man. I can't stand it. Like, I'm, I'm not for... Like, I'm a 50-50 fighter right now. And the reason is because I never trained for, like, I've had three fight camps out of 70-some fights. Three oh, fight dude. camps. So, like, I'm a 50-50 pro fighter, but I've also fought the toughest dudes, you know, and I'm not, I, they have 13-1 and one records, and I have, you know, a 9-9 nine nine record or whatever it was. It's because I know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's building his off of, you know, I'll fight this guy. He's not very tough. I, I was sliver close to beating you, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I would have just trained for three weeks, I would have beat you. So I know who I am. But, like, these other guys who are literally, like, going there and take three punches and fall down, those are the guys you're fighting, building your career off of. And the promoters are letting you. Yeah. You know, they're not looking at the challenge of saying, oh, Tim Bazer's really a challenge for this guy. Like, he's not a, a, a can. He can beat you, you know, uh, versus this other guy, you know. Oh, it's, it's so miserable. I can't. <laughs> it gives me, like, anxiety just thinking about, you know, how these matches, how these guys are building their careers and, and actually believe in themselves. It's just amazing. I I agree with like confidence fights, but I, I feel like you know maybe after a losing streak or your first one, I could see it. But when you're you know seventeen and one, and you're still fighting guys who are you could tell lower level or not maybe not lower level, but like lower fight IQ. And you should be stepping your challenge up instead of staying at the same level. Those are the ones that goes, walk around cocky. Yes. And there's some situations, there's some situations that you can't control it. Say you had a really good fight, matched up, and that fighter got injured, and here's a replacement fight. I yeah. get that. But 15 and all? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, those are like, you know, the ones we're talking about. Like, I'm not I'm not past, you know, a guy getting a can. You know, there's there's situations where that happens. But 
you know, I've, I've turned down quite a few fights. I'm like, look, that guy's not on my level. There's no way he agreed to fight. And if he did, I'm going to let him get some more, you know, experience before he, he fights me. Not that I'm the best, but I know he's not on my level. He's not, you know. So some of these guys, they just want to fight. They sold tickets. You know, whatever the, right. like, no, no, he signed the deal. I'm fighting, you know. You got to know what, what you're facing. And it, it's it's disgusting that people are like, oh, I beat I beat that you know I I killed the last three dudes, yeah because they didn't belong in there and they had one arm and you know they, they just got off the wheelchair. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is something I've seen lately um, with some of the promotions I've been on. I was looking at some of the fight cards and you're like. You're like two and zero fighting a guy that's one and nine, and I've seen some ridiculous numbers. Like dude was four and sixteen, and I'm like, Jesus! Like, where did they even find this guy? And, and the guy was the main event, and he looked like an amateur to me. Like he literally looked like an amateur. And then he was the main event again on the next card. I'm like, man, they're just they're just using this guy. You know, to uh, I, it, I couldn't, it couldn't have been anything else because this guy looks so horrible to me. Yeah, I'm like, man, I just couldn't believe it. Like, so and he, it, he ends up losing both. Of yeah, them, right? yeah. Oh, he looks. Yeah, he got embarrassed. He got. He's the fill in, you know, to, to build this other yeah, fighter. Yeah, he he got stole on in 30 seconds. You yeah. know, first time he got hit, he was like, "Fuck this," you know, and you could tell he was like, "I'm out, I'm done." Yeah, I'm not past putting a, a four and eleven guy on a main event, but as as an even fight, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? Why don't another... you build this guy up? Why don't you, you know, get him get him another four and eleven guy? They're out there, obviously. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Plenty. Of you them. know, if if you want to build, why don't you build him to a win and be like, oh, this dude's coming off a win, and then 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 challenge it, you know? But uh, to continuously throw that that bum out there every single show is like, dude, what are you doing to your promotion? And right. and I don't, I just don't think they have any value. And then another amateur uh, amateur title fight, uh, the guy, uh, um, uh, he's fighting, lost two in a row. Lost <laughs> two fights in a row. Why are you fighting for a title now? What the fuck? Yeah. It's because they know who they want their winner to be. Exactly, yeah. And so, uh, we get that all the time around here. It's like, you know, you you can tell normally who's going to win a fight. Like, you can tell that, you know, it's not a challenge. You know, the red corner is usually always going to win. That That's how it's always going to be, except in my show. Like, <laughs> the only reason, like, I, you can't even tell who's going to win in my show. Like, I mix my mind up so good that, you know, I, I challenge my guys. So I have a gym, and I challenge all my guys. I'm like, dude, you're not going to fight a turd. You're just not. It's not going to happen. Like, I don't care if you win or lose. That's your job. My job is to train you as, as, as a well-rounded fighter to, to better yourself. Your job is to go out there and put it together. So... If they're always picking, you know, Evolve Performance Center, Evolve MMA, you you got it wrong because 
I can guarantee three or four of my guys are going to lose. You know, there's just no way that these guys are handpicking, you know, winners. I just can't do it. It, it sickens me. It doesn't make that fighter any better. I do like how, you know, you know, obviously you're going to have fighters fall out, but every time yeah. you post, you say, you know, looking for a fighter 0-1 or 1-0 or 0-0. You always put restrictions, like, you know, because you don't you don't want a guy who's ten and zero and say, oh, I'll fight this guy who's first amateur fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, like how that you happen. experience match experience and not skill set. Yeah, so it's all about it, it's all about experience to me. It's all about like the the you know when you get in there, how was your experience? You know, was you was you miserable, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the guy who knocking it off his bucket list, you know, I'm not cherry picking his fights, anything like that. It's like, I want even fights. Like it's your job to go out there and perform. It's my job to match me. That's it. That's it. And then, and, uh, I want your experience win or lose to be amazing. But these guys, and just like you just said, is like I'll post. I'll even post it one and zero or whatever. And this five and you know one guy shows up. And is like I'll fight him, or you know even that better record than that. I'm like, dude, you wrestled your entire life. You've been a kickboxing champ. You know, no, <laughs> it's not happening. I can see the other way around to where I have a five and one dude, and I and I. Reported that, and, and then a one and no guy comes out. It's like, dude, I'll challenge him, you know. And then I look at his fight and 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 take off that experience. That's different, but you know, a, a five and one calling out a zero and one, it ain't happening. I was always Too taught you should always challenge yourself up, not challenge yourself down. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're already up there, and and the challenge was there, you know, okay, but. I see promoters setting that exact fight up. You know, it's like, I see it all the time, and I call people out, and they get so mad. They're like, I don't care who I'm fighting. I don't care. Like, I just told them to find me a fight. Uh, I don't, dude, you're fighting a guy who's 3-12. and 12. Get out of here. <laughs> you have 30, 70 MMA fights. It happens all the time. I hate it. So they get mad at me because I call them out. <laughs> but why don't you fight me? I ain't fighting you. All right, well, I guess. <laughs> so as a coach and a fighter you have two aspects of your game when you're coaching a, fight, a fighter do you focus more on game tape or, or fight tape in this instance or do you focus on bettering their skills that need more work I hardly ever put a game plan together Against the other guy, like I'll look, and this depends if they're a pro or an amateur. What you know, what level of amateur they are. Um, definitely in the beginning amateurs. I never look at game plans. I'm like, uh, this guy's a wrestler, or you know, this guy's a jujitsu guy, or you know, he's a street fighter, or freestyle fighter, whatever he is. You know, I'll give him a base, but you never know what's going to happen. You really don't. Like if if you 
if you came at me and like trying to figure out what type of fighter I am, I don't think you can. Like, you know, I do different things, you know, accordingly. But like majority of people, they'll come out and they'll throw a one-two. You know, and, and that's their start. So what we do is we set like in the first thirty seconds what you know the couple of different scenarios of what could happen and what you're supposed to do. From there on, just listen to your corner. You already know your game plan. Of, you know, I'm great at this. So we're going to try to get you there. Um, I don't ever want somebody to go in there and always think like, oh, he's, he's a hard leg kicker. I got to watch out for his leg kicks. So the whole time you're watching out for leg kicks. You're not fighting your fight. Yeah. So I always make them better version of who they are. Let's, let's go out there and make them fight your fight. Let's go out there and be first. Let's go out there and set the tone. Let's go out there and, like, you know, establish, you know, dominance right away. And if you can't, we're going to get to this uh, scenario by doing this. Um, people are always like, all right, what am I going to do? I don't know what you're going to do. You're probably going to freeze up and fall down. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many different things. You could be a great uh a great gym fighter and go out there and freeze every single time or vice versa. You come into the gym and you look like a damn bum. You can't learn anything. And then you go into the gym or into the fight and you're amazing. You know, it just clicks. So I don't ever like train them to, uh, you know, have certain game plans or certain things. I just make them better and be watching out for these things. I feel like that's, it's always good to fight your fight and not train to the other fighter. Yeah. Sometimes your fight don't work. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy last night, uh, kind of disappointed, but he took all fight camp. He was like, oh, I'm going to exchange with this. I'm going to exchange with him. I'm going to exchange with him. Great. I don't want you to, but okay. Uh, and he pulled guard right away. I'm like, why did we pull guard? Why, why, why? You just got yourself in the worst position ever. You know, like the dude's now towering over you and and he's, you know, taking advantage of this. I know you're a jiu-jitsu guy, but why didn't we set that up? You know, and I, if it was, I want to go to the ground right away, fine. But that wasn't what you told me during fight game. So, you know, we end up losing that fight. But, you know, Tell me what exactly you really want to do. <laughs> if you want to get to the ground, let's have a better game plan. You know, let's let's do that. But don't don't say one thing because that's what I feel you're going to go do, and I can't stop you from doing that. You know, because it's one on one. You you're you're your own person. Once you get that ring, um, and. From there, you know, it just, things change. And I understand maybe he felt his power. Maybe he felt the strength. I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> he was just trying to trick himself during camp. I, I don't know. Uh, love to do to death, but we, we got to do better. So, uh, and, and here's the other thing is because if you watch a fighter fight his last two fights, and they look similar, that doesn't mean he didn't go back to the gym and work on the total opposite. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, this guy's got absolutely no ground, or he's not going to stand up. There's no way he's going to stand up with me. And surprise, he stands up with you, which happened to me in Bellator. My first Bellator fight, uh, uh, I always forget his name, but he, I watched all his fights. Like, you know, Bellator calls me, and they're like, hey, I want you to fight. And I'm like, great, you know. Uh, I really want to fight this dude. They're like, no, we want to fight, you know, one of these other guys. Fine, give me the toughest dude. I fight, I find the toughest dude. He's a uh, Minnesota wrestler, took state in high school wrestling, stud, stud wrestler, but all of his fights, stand up. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's what I'm looking for. Let's stand up and bang. What's he do right away? Takes me down. Throws my whole game plan off. And <laughs> so you can't go off of that. I make all the mistakes. Don't, don't, you know, learn off of me. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I go back to the gym as a learning experience. Like, look, we can't do that anymore. You know, we can't think that this guy's going to stand up because he did his whole other fights. Because look what this guy did. You know, maybe he found film on me that he didn't want to stand with me or whatever. You know, I don't know what his, his game plan was, but it wasn't standing up. Because he took me down and held me down for the first round, but it it's <laughs> it's not cool. So yeah, uh, I don't ever tell a guy like let's study this guy and and I watch film as a coach and I say okay this is what you know he he's capable of and this was his go to but let's prepare and stop it or whatever. So as a promoter and. You've seen a lot of you know fighters come in and out. Like uh, Drew Dober is one of them. Do you when you get a fighter walking in your gym? Do you just like see? Oh, this guy has the potential to be a huge star. Or I know your I know your gym. You don't you know obviously favorites. Everyone gets their opportunity, unlike other gyms. But can you tell when someone comes in yeah. that they're going to be in? <laughs> yes. However, ninety-eight percent of them walk out the door, and you never see them again. I am heartbroken every week. Every week, because MMA gyms are a revolving door. Like literally, they'll come in, they'll get there. If you get six months out of them, you're you're doing really good. So you'll get, you know. The different, I'll, we'll get back to that, but the, the revolving door is real, and it exists, and it's for fighters, it's for gyms, it's for anything that that, that involves MMA, right? It's not a jiu-jitsu gym, it's not a taekwondo gym, and I'll get, where I was getting at is they have programs, so they got set programs to be like, oh, We'll get your yellow belt or, or, or blue belt, you know, in this certain amount of time. And, and we're going to build you up to this. And, you know, we're going to get you in little competitions here and there. But your main goal is to belt up. And here's a strike to keep you, you know, focused on, you know, the where MMA doesn't have that. The, your reward is getting punched yeah. in the eye and getting a black eye. That's a reward. <laughs> Nobody likes that reward. <laughs> So to have somebody stick around for a long time, it's very rare. And 
It's hard. And it's hard. Have them stick around at your gym is even rare. You know, they're gonna they're gonna think the next gym is much better or they have a good fighter over here, you know, so they wanna go test their skills over there or whatever, or they've they've exhausted you've as a coach have exhausted everything into that fighter, like you wanna send him to a better place. You know, I'm not the best gym, but I'm the best gym for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I'm gonna teach you all the basics and all everything I can teach you and you're gonna you're gonna advance and go somewhere else. I'm not a black belt in anything. So, you know, I'm a black belt in street fighting. You know, let's I, I can teach you that all day long. But, you know, if you want a black belt in jujitsu, we have to go here and we have to also learn that you're an MMA fighter. So gi fighting is only a a small piece of MMA. Like it's not you know, it just depends on where that individual wants to go. So, sadly, yes, I I know right away if you're an amazing athlete. And sadly, I'm going to lose you in approximately three weeks. <laughs> because life gets old of you, you know, like kids and like this. It's a tough, MMA is a tough sport, like to stay in. Like, it's one of those grinding things where you got to go work eight hours a day and come back to training. And, like, this is my life. You have to actually, like, live this lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. You really do. And and your wife or your kids have to know that. Like, it's lonely. It's MMA is so lonely because, you know, it's you have to get everything. And nobody understands why the fuck you're going to get beat up every day. And... <laughs> And you're working this nine-hour job for this scumbag because you want to, you know, provide. It, it's it's a horrible thing. MMA is horrible. And there's no way around it. You just have to know if you want to be a fighter or not. That's it. Fuck yes. <laughs> what, what advice, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm 38. Um, what advice do you have for me and older athletes trying to compete with these younger dudes? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. 100% like know who you are and know if you belong in the, in the elite. Know if you belong in the in the beginners because you can not – I'm not saying a beginner as a uh, – I'm not good, bro. Okay. As an experienced fighter, like I'm just saying like there's a novice league. There's yeah, a, for know, sure. There's levels. However you want to categorize it, you know, there's there's the, the I'll just say beginners and then the intermediates and then the, the advanced. You know, let's just use those three lanes. Know where you're at and, and stick to your beliefs, you know. Yes, I'm, I'm not going to beat these elite guys. Every once in a while, I'm going to challenge myself. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, I can challenge myself and do good. I had a goal to go fight this UFC vet, you know, do I belong in his league? No, I don't. I'm 46. I'll be 46 here in a month. Do I belong there? No. Was I going to win that fight? You know, off a puncher's chance, maybe. Maybe he got injured, whatever. Yes, there's a chance. But I didn't do it for that. I didn't do it for the win. I did it for the challenge. What am I doing as the challenge? But So I'm not saying don't go challenge yourself, but know what lane you belong in. Don't let promoters just use you. You know, are you doing it for money? Uh, you know, and if you are, uh, understand that money disappears a week after you get it. Yeah. Like, reality is, is like, 
you're not getting rich off of this. This sport is not one of those where, you know, you're going to make a million dollars and sit safely in the next two years. It's not like that. Like, you have to grind. You have to get beat up. You have to, you know, get lucky sometimes. So the money, unless you're getting a bunch of sponsors and, and a bunch of ticket sales and a bunch of followers, you're not making money. So if, if you know, the, if you love fighting, know what lane you belong in and know what your goals are. Stay in your lane. You know, every once in a while, challenge yourself. But don't let a promoter talk you into anything over money. Because, again, you know, that might have paid your bills that month, but you might got injured. So, you know, back to the drawing board. You know, now you're injured and you can't work. Uh, and I'm not trying to deter anybody from fighting. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Is like, what I'm, no, not not to you or just the, the regular guy listening. It's like, man, you know, there's no money in it. You're going to get injured. You know, you, it's longevity or you got to, like, sacrifice everything. But and the reality is, is, like, the last 20 years I've sacrificed everything. And when I got with my, my, my girl, you know, 10 years ago, I let her know, like, this is my life. Like, there <laughs> There's no way around it. Like, 100% full-time, this is my life. And, you know, we've adjusted since. But, you know, when you're when you're with a family, you know, they have to understand that they have to be on board and supportive. And, you know, there's injuries. And, uh, and if there isn't, I've been lucky. I've only had two injuries, you know, through my whole career. Uh one was a broken rib, and one is a torn labrum, which I have now. Uh, you know, other than that, I haven't had injuries, and they don't happen super often, but they do happen. Uh, you know, broken hands all the time, uh, broken eye sockets. You know, you're getting punched in the eye. You know, arm bars. You know, they can break your arm, but you know, majority of that doesn't happen. You know, that's where the ref is is safety. But training, if you don't have a good coach or a good partner, you know, there's. There's those guys in the gym too. <laughs> they just, you know, if you don't have a good, like I'm a really good coach to where like, okay, you're a beast. You don't know it. So you're not sparring with these guys, <laughs> you know, like I have to bring you down a thousand notches before I can let you, you know, get in with these guys because you're going to injure one of them. I don't need that. Uh, so, you know, it surround yourself by positive people who know you have best your best interest in the heart um as far as telling guys like you what you know where what path to follow just know who you are that's that's the biggest thing is you know what lane do you belong in and stick around there so you have your chances to win uh to succeed and be successful i'm not saying like fight all the bums in the world but fight all the bums in the world if that's the lane you're in Fight them. Stay in that lane. If you're in the middle lane, stay in that lane. You know, every once in a while, you can go backwards to get a warm-up fight, but, you know, don't always stay in the in the, in the the main event lanes because you're not a main event. <laughs> Make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. how it is. So you brought up two great points. One about pay because a lot of people just think, you know, they see Conor McGregor – you know, on yachts, and they're like, oh, I can make a lot of money if I do this, which is not the true case. But you also said fighters, you know, getting hurt in the gym. As a promoter, 
and a coach and a gym owner, what would you like to see in the game to not eliminate but maybe alleviate some of the injuries that happen in camps and in gyms? Uh, every gym is different, so it's not something I want to see any different. Uh, I'm sure most coaches have uh, the best interest and – you know, they're doing everything right. They've done it a million times, you know. So it's nothing that I want to see any different in the gyms because injuries happen. I mean, you're in the hurt sport. There's – there's what I don't want to see is two knuckleheads who don't – who don't who aren't in a – or belong to a gym, and they're sparring three days before a fight. Unnecessary injuries. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. silly. And the reason I don't I don't mind injuries in the gym and stuff like that as a coach or a promoter or anything like that is because you could easily fall down the steps, hurt yourself. You can get in a car accident. You can. I just had a guy get in a car accident last night. That's on my next card, uh, and and I know it's real. I had a guy who who was and this happened last night too. Was protecting. You know his his friend's girlfriend by being you know domestic violence and he just got beat up, uh, which <laughs> why it all happened last night I have no idea. I had another fight fight last night. He was supposed to fight my show also, and he's not going to be able to because he took too many blows to the legs, so he's not going to be able to like you know heal in time. But you know those things happen. I'm not. As far as injuries, like in the gym or anything, you know, most most gyms or most gyms with experience know that you have to slow down. You know, getting closer to the fight. If you're going to spar, don't you know? Some some fights are sparring two weeks out. I do a week out um, because I want you prepared. Have we had injuries? Yes. Out of ten years of coaching, I've only seen. Maybe three guys ever withdraw from our hell week, uh, which is the week before the fight, and it's it's really hell because you're getting beat up. Like literally, you're getting prepared to be in a in a war. Um, so, as far as like, what do I want to see from the, if the other gyms or anything prepare themselves better? It's it's not it's not that common. I mean, it looks common for the. For like the big main events that are out there, uh, like UFC and Bellator, like oh he got injured during it, it really doesn't happen that often. Um, and if it does, it it, it could have been something that was nagging them for for years, and and then it just popped. Uh, it just became the fruitation, and and it and it hurts a little more now. So injuries they come and go. Uh, if if you're not in, if you're not if you come into a fight camp 100 percent you didn't train or you go into the fight you know 100 percent you didn't train yeah. Yeah. you know you're gonna have injuries you're gonna have you know soreness you're gonna have you know uh, worries and stuff like that the biggest thing is is mentally where are you at mentally physically your coach has got you there where are you at mentally now so that's that's the thing and. You know, there's deaths in families, and there's, you know, uh, somebody just got cancer or uh, a terminal illness or whatever. You know, where are you at mentally? You know, do you belong in this fight? 
You know, should we pull you? Are you sure? You know, those are those are just as important as physical, and people don't understand that. Yeah, uh, you can lose a fight to a guy you beat ten times, and you can get smashed mentally. You know, uh, you can get smashed in that fight because your mental wasn't there, or somewhere else. So, you know, it you you really have to be well balanced. And uh, again, like I said, I want to touch bases is know yourself. You know, and I don't ever, you know, get get mad at a fighter for knowing himself if he backs out. What I get mad at is a fighter signing up three months prior to and not doing a damn thing up until fight day and back Not coming to practice, not shot, shot. Yeah, nothing. Training. Yeah, like, dude, like, oh, I didn't get my blood work. Yeah, but you signed up three months ago. You had an opportunity. I kept on you. You know, you're like, Tim, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. You know, next week, next week, next week, next week never comes. How serious are you? You know? Those those are the guys that, that piss me off. Why do you think that happens, like, when a guy, especially has a big big fight, a title fight, even a main event fight, and he doesn't come to train? Um, do you think there's, like, reasoning behind it? Is he, is he having, like, second thoughts, do you think? Is it, cause he's, I, you know? I think, I honestly think it's an excuse if they lose. It's their, their pre-built-in excuse. That mental... Yeah. And I've, I've used it. I've used it plenty. Of, although majority of my fights are, you know, short notice. Uh, those that I've had opportunities to have fight camps, you know, I've taken advantage of it most of the time. But, you know, I'm like, you know, so, uh, you know, I'll use that excuse. It's like, dude, I never had a fight camp. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, if I would have, and I used it at the very beginning, it's like, if I would have had a fight camp, I wouldn't have lost half of the fights I lost, you know? And so I think some of it is a built-in excuse. I think some of it is adjusting. I think, uh, you know, my, mine is an excuse because I own a gym. <laughs> so, uh, but I also train fighters versus train myself. Like, I can't, I can't actually go into the gym and, train them and train myself at the same time. So I have to pick one or the other majority of the time. Uh, but I think I think it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, what's my excuse going to be? Or am I going to go out there and still lose after putting in all this work? You know, their, their mental is, you know, I, I did all this, man, I should have won. Yeah, you should have, but you didn't. You know, it, it was, wasn't your night, you know. That doesn't mean don't go do it again because it's going to, you know, you're going to be on the opposite side next time. But uh, I, I really think majority of the time, if you were had an opportunity to fight, you know, that, that certain somebody uh, and you, you could make the weight. You could, uh, a lot of it's weight too. Like, oh my gosh. Why are you walking around at 170 and, and trying to fight at 135 is beyond me. You know you can't make that. <laughs> but yeah, I got I got a I got a little enemy out there right now that Alonzo Martinez, uh stud fighter, stud wrestler, but he won't ever make weight. Like I'm not gonna subject myself to a full fight camp and you're not gonna make the weight. There's just not 
if if you come in two pounds, even point two pounds over, like I have to treat it as a professional fight. Not that I'm scared of you because I'll fight you right here at the weigh-ins. But I'm going to take my money and make you be professional like I was. You know what I'm saying? Not that I haven't fought guys 20 pounds over because I have. Uh, and I beat the crap out of them. But it's more of like we have this beef of you want to fight me, but you're not going to have the advantage. You know what I'm saying? You might as well just come 20 pounds over. Yeah. You, you're, this isn't like, you know, we were scheduled to fight, we don't know each other, and you happen to miss weight, fuck it, I'm, I already put in work, but this is a beef, you know, you want, you want beef on the street, or you want beef in the cage? Yeah, come correct. Yeah. yeah, like, come right, or don't come, you know, because yeah. I'm going to collect my money, because I, I was professional, and now you're going to sit on the sideline, calling me a pussy, because I didn't fight you, and I'm okay with that. You know, if you want to be professional, make the weight and, and let's bang it out because I ain't scared of you. It's, you know, but you're not getting an advantage. <laughs> that weight, weight, a lot of people don't realize this, but that weight is a huge advantage. It really is. I mean, just it being definitely can. So it's recovery. It's everything. Like all that makes a huge difference. And people don't understand that, you know, they're like, Oh, I can make that. No problem. Yeah. But can you recover? I never recovered. Oh man. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why so many fighters like Shannon Young dropped out because she was sick and they don't realize, man, it taxes your body. You literally get sick from cutting weight, you know? Yeah. It's miserable. It's miserable. Especially those last five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, uh, like, Patty Pimblay is in the news all the time because, you know, he blows up, he's at, like, 50 pounds heavier than what he actually fights at. Do you think he does that, one, he said he loves food, but also to help, you know, with recovery, and he can clearly make the weight, but probably can't make a career doing that. Do you think that affects fighters blowing up after a fight? It will. It will catch up. And eventually he won't be able to lose that weight anymore. Like, he's going to have to move up weight classes. Mm -hmm. The good thing about him is he's young. Like, 18 to 28, you're, you're probably good at losing weight. Like, your body's used to it, whatever. And then you become a mental adult <laughs> for, for males. You mentally become, you know, stable. Uh, and your body doesn't agree with that. Like you're, you're like your body. You 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 transfer your athletics body skill for your mental, you know, skill, and so your body's not doing what your mental wants you to do because your mental's stronger than your your body. If that all makes sense, mm -hmm. like you know, the older you get, the, the smarter you get, and your body doesn't react well. That's just, you know, where I'm kind of getting. My body won't do what I want it to do. Like, right. In my head, I'm like, dude, I think I can push this to quick as hell. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't working like you used to. So, yeah. Uh, eventually, I had to catch up on him. And I, I, is he really losing 50 pounds? I don't know. But I, I will tell you, he's got a great nutritionist if he does. 
if he's doing it like that. Like, you, you think some of it might be an exaggeration? Yeah. He's, uh, he's not weighing 50 pounds the next day. There's no way. Yeah. So right, is he lot. is he starting at fight camp at, at 200 pounds? Maybe. Maybe. But he's already, like, the nutritionist is already breaking it down. By the time he's two weeks out, he's within six or seven pounds. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, you know, and he's doing it correctly and whatever. He's not just losing what Like, me, I lose 15 pounds in one day. Like, I'm hitting the sauna. I'm, I'm bagging it up. You know, we're, we're Abilene in it and... And, and oh we're doing it the wrong way, and we're not recovering correctly. We're nowadays because that's how I grew up. You know, I didn't grow up in this nutritionist and these, you know, these guys who who've been around the block now. Uh, I didn't grow up with those people. I grew up with what I knew, and the wrestling room was like, put a bag on, go cut weight, go run, or whatever. We hit the sauna for five hours. You know, like that is not healthy. <laughs> And then recovering from that because you lost 15 pounds. Uh, you know, I, I used to walk around at 60, 160, and took a couple 145 fights just because, like, people are like, oh, you can make 45, you're walking around at 160. All right, I'll do it. You know, so I would lose that weight. And I never recovered. Not that I couldn't fight, but it took me two or three rounds to, to warm up because, you know, my body isn't reacting right. So... I don't, I, I'm not real big on the weight cut thing. Uh, and I tell my guys when I match make, it's like, what are you walking around at? Are you walking at 185 and you want to fight what? 155? Okay. You know, that's your desired weight, you know, class. But I have another 185 who wants to cut that too. Why don't you guys just meet at 70? Hello? You want to cut weight, but why am I, as a, as a promoter, you know, making you both cut that weight. I, I think it's silly. I think it's like you're both cutting the same amount or around the same amount. Why don't you just do a catch weight, you know? Let's not do that weight cut crap. It's just, it, it, it blows my mind that people do that. And I don't, I don't, sometimes it's an advantage and sometimes it ain't. I like, uh, like one FC. I don't like how they've moved the weight classes up, like, you know, Bantam weights 145. But I like how they have restrictions on you can only cut a certain percentage of your weight. And I think that it's good and it allows longevity for these fighters. And, and it keeps the fighty. Like, dude, you're, you're, you're in fight camp to fight. You're not in fight camp to, to lose weight. Yeah. You know, like... That little bit of advantage may or may not help you, but I don't think so. Like, legitimately, uh, it could drain you. Uh, you know, and those people are doing it right, fine. But not everybody can do it that way. And I just don't, you know, put everybody on the same the same level, and I'm beating most of you guys up. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, we are going to go out there, and we're going to be even, and I can fight. Like, <laughs> At the end of the day, like, let's see who's better at fighting. Mm. Not better at cutting weight. Not better at who, you know. Uh, Playing the game. Yeah. You know, and that's, unfortunately, that's the game. You know, we're not in the fighting. We're, we're in the hurt sport, but we're in a chess match. And whoever plays chess better, that's, that's really who's going to win. I don't like it as a fighter. I like it as a... You know, as a challenge. Yeah. So, 
I like how you mentioned chess because I always, yeah. you know, MMA is like chess. You make one move, you got to know what three moves you have to now prepare for. Yep. You always stay three steps ahead. Always. But unfortunately, you get punched in the mouth and now you're one step <laughs> one step behind again. So now you got to make up four steps. Uh, MMA is a crazy, a crazy sport to be involved in. Again, I love it because it's challenging. You know, my mom always said you're the challenging kid. Yeah, because I, I don't want to just walk through this because I'm going to. You know, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to, I'm going to make the room shine. And I'm that's easy. You know, what's my challenge in life is, dude, you got to watch out for kicks, punches, elbows, knees, takedowns, uh, triangle chokes. Arm bars, you know, umoglades. Like you have to challenge yourself. This is, and and if you make one wrong move, it led, it might not lead you to that that submission the next time, but it's going to lead you here to here, and then you get submitted. So, because there's only so many moves you're going to move from there, and that's that's the beauty of this sport is be be on the chess level, not the checkers. Mm-hmm. So you've been fighting a while. Do you still get nervous when you have a like when you're walking out or getting ready for a fight? And if so, how do you calm those? Uh, you can't calm those. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer, though. I've never been able to calm my nerves. You're like, okay, you're good. You've done this a million times. What do you do? And you're like, I, I, I can't move. Like, what? Do, <laughs> what's going on? Like, and you're just you're human. Like, if you're not getting nervous, something's wrong with you. Like, you're getting ready to get punched in the face, and you're not nervous about that. Uh, not every fight I was nervous. And uh, in some fights, I was more nervous than others. Uh, this last fight, I had no nerves. Because I already knew what my game plan was. Like, I only had to survive, you know, one round with the top dude. And if I did it, you know what? He was one of the top dudes with a black belt. I'm not, you know, my biggest thing is, is don't get knocked out. Don't get knocked out. Don't get knocked out. So don't let him hit you. Cool. That's easy. Uh, uh, there was one fight that I was fighting a guy on a, you know, he, did he really belong in the cage with me? I don't believe so, but, you know, it just happened. And, uh, man, I think I was the most nervous out of any fight I've ever been in. And I think it's more of, like, because you don't know the outcome. I'm only nervous because I don't know what the outcome is. I'm not really afraid to get punched in the face. I've been punched in the face. I'm not afraid to get kicked. I'm not afraid to get taken down. I'm not afraid to get submitted. I'm afraid of what the outcome is. What is the damn outcome? <laughs> not, not that's, I think, I really think that's what most people's, like, without them actually understanding it, is I think that's why they're most nervous. Is, dude, I know how to take a punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm okay with that. Will I freeze up? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know? But what is the damn outcome? <laughs> that's what I want to know. And you want to know it now. You know, because... You're going to know it. It's going to happen. Let's manifest it. But you're nervous because you don't know that. And 
Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel I am. It's Maybe like, it let's just get this over with. So, you know, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> what is, the, what is, who won and how? That's it. You know, I'm not afraid to go back to my, my friends and family and be like, you know what, I lost or bam, I did great, you know, whatever. I'm not afraid of that because I know who I am and I'm comfortable with that. It's, it's, how did it end? <laughs> During the fight, I don't care if I get beat up. How did it end? <laughs> did I win? That's how <laughs> I want to know if I won. I'm okay with losing, you know, getting beat up. But you know, because I'm in a, I'm in a fight game. But what? How did this fight end? That's where I'm more. I think I'm more nervous about. So, as a promoter, this uh. So, some will say controversial, but as a promoter, you probably get a little blowback for you know bad judging or fan you know fans and fighters see the fight went a different way than the scorecards. What are your thoughts on like open scoring? I one hundred percent would love open scoring. One hundred percent. It calls the the judges out, and it kind of gives. Uh, it, it gives the the corner man, you know, the real, you know, the, you're not you're not pumping your fighter up to saying, "Hey, we won that round." When in reality, you fucking got your ass kicked. Rose, you not Eunice. It, yeah, you go good. So I don't I don't ever want it. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that 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 whole. That whole corner man crap, that, that exact fight, oh my god. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? She's not doing very good. You need to switch it up right now. Switch it up right now. Come on, you're better than this. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Uh, but I think open scoring would be, you know, definitely different. And it, it, keeps, it keeps reality, you know. Unfortunately, like in boxing you have plenty of rounds to come back, you know. But in MMA, you have three rounds total where if you lost the first two, now are you careless? You know, does it make your fighter careless? Or does it... So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it'll get, it, it, you'll have to get used to it, you know, as a, as a corner man, especially if you're losing, your fighter's losing, you know, like, look, you know, you got you to gotta lay it all out there. You know, you can get your guy hurt or knocked out or, you know, or is he just out there surviving? You know, I don't, I don't, ah, I'm on, it's almost good, good and bad, huh? Yeah, it, it gives both aspects of it and, and that's with anything, but, you know, you get used to it if that's, and I thought about doing the open scoring at my event, but I've talked to my commission and, uh, and I can't remember what we, what we went over, but, uh, I kind of, I didn't really forget about it, but I, I let it, I let it go. I think because I, we don't have open scoring right now. Um, so I can't remember what I read in the rules, but there's a, there's a way to do it. You just have to file for it with the commission, right? I think every commission is different, so I maybe, and I don't think my commission would have a problem with it it's 
How would you do that? Yeah, but you have you have to be approved for it. You can't just uh, uh, do open court. You can't just decide to do it, right? You can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't. Again, like because the commission gets those results before anybody else, you would definitely have to go through the commission. Right. So, you know, and maybe the maybe they don't want to do that because the safety of the judges. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. if if the crowd doesn't agree with this certain judge, they're gonna jump in afterwards. Yeah, right. You know, so maybe it's safety of the judges. I'm not maybe that's what he said subconsciously, that's what I'm thinking, but you know, you never know. I can I can see that, you know, for sure. Because judges do make bad calls. I do. Yeah. Sell the motto. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Some people are just clowns like that. That, They don't belong in the game, but the commission doesn't understand that. They just assign people. But it's a livelihood. Like, I really think, like, you made a bad judgment, and now my guy has to pay for it. Because I've had to pay for it plenty of times. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's a toss up. You know, there's good and bad. I, I wouldn't mind it again if if we had safety nets, you know, in place for our 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 people. What if they could do open scoring, but just have it like uh, uh, without names? Yeah, yeah, just judge one, judge two, judge three. You know? Yeah, right. and then mix them up. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know who judge one was because now he's judge three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get backlash as far as a promoter. Uh, I think your your original question was, do I get backlash? Yeah. Uh, as a promoter, I don't think I do because. I keep everything open. I'm an open book. Like I go out there and I tell all the, you know, and I explain it in the in the fighters meeting. I explain it at the gym. I explain it when I set them up to fight. Like I don't hide anything. And I'm like, look, don't leave it to the judges because the judges suck. And if the the referee makes a bad call, it's because he fucking sucks too, and he probably doesn't become a ju- you know a referee anymore. And this guy will let you, you know, let you fight a little longer. This guy will call it a little early. You know, I I let these fighters know because, again, I've been in those positions as a fighter. And I don't ever want them to go, you know, uh, you know, uh, I didn't really lose that fight. Yeah, but you let them decide. And, and as a judge, because I'm a judge also, you only see certain things, like, there's the the ref could have been in the way or you know the angle of where you're sitting is in the way sometimes i have to look at a big screen if it's there uh but just the angle definitely changes your thoughts compared to the guy across the cage from you where he's seen everything clearly uh i try my best to understand everything i really do like i want to see everything you know, uh, judging, you know, they they need better, they need more frequent uh, judging classes. They need training. more, pre- yeah, training classes. They need more, uh, I think they need more coaches classes to, to get even deeper into it. It's like you can't even become a, you know, a corner man or a coach 
unless you go through these classes and know what the fuck you're talking about because you're going to get your fighter hurt or you're agreeing to a fight that shouldn't be, you know, even on the, on the, on the fight card. It, it just, it blows my mind. So, you have a uh, corner license in Nebraska? You do, but it really is 20 bucks, and then that's it. It used like, to not. Metal. It's so weird. It used to not, when I was fighting 10 years ago, you didn't have to have a corner's license, so it's, that's new to me when I'm, you know, I'm fighting again now. I'm like, you have to have a corner's license? Oh, yeah. That's new. When I fought in Illinois, I think the corner man's license was like 50 bucks or 100 bucks. 50 bucks in Colorado. Yeah, it's crazy. Just a corner man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I it, it blows my mind that fighters have to pay. You know, ours is only 20 bucks a year, which is fine. But if you'd only fought once, you know, 20 bucks to these bums. And I don't say bums. Like, like majority of fighters don't have a lot of money. I, right, right. I, I, I didn't mean to use bum, but, you know, 20 bucks is oh, a lot of poor. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. poor. They're uh, so sometimes the promoter has to cover it. And they're like, I'm not going to invest in you unless I see some effort. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, did you go get your blood work on time? Did you send me pictures on time? Did you, you know, are you, are you selling tickets? You know, those guys are the, I'll help 90% of the time. It's the guys who, you know, promise me that they're going to do this and that. And they have three months that they ain't get nothing done. No, I'm not helping you the last minute. No, I'd rather replace you. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was cool. Um, I tried to jump in for a fight, uh, but it didn't happen because it was too last minute. And they paid for my blood work. They paid for all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. I'm like, man, this promotion, it's good promotion. You know, even though yes, it, it didn't happen, they didn't have to pay me. You know, right? So I, I just thought it was cool. So I, was it I, a yeah. uh, was it a was it a fair fight? Or was a... Oh, it was the fight I got my ass kicked in. Yeah, in my last fight. So, here's the problem with that, is I'll offer to set somebody up also. If it cost me a couple hundred bucks... It's, to, it was worth it. Yeah, it's worth it to make sure my guy, you know, got... You know, I want to say it was an easy fight, but, you know, he sold a shit ton of tickets. He's my, he's my go-to guy, and I'm going to Get him, you know, what what I can. And now he's fighting for the title. But <laughs> Again, I, I, don't, I feel like I feel like I could have beat the dude though. I just I don't know. Well, I mean it you know, maybe with a full camp you can. Maybe, you know, a, I don't know. Like I, I'm I, I'm not past Getting out of my lane. I'm not past taking that challenge again. Like we went over that many times. Uh, just know where you're at, and it is cool. But know the know the the reasoning also. Would he would he have paid for your blood work if it was an even fight two months out? Yeah, that's what that's the cool thing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Is he investing in me because he believes in me? Or is he investing in me because he needs me? That Those are two different... You know, it's cool that you didn't have to pay for anything. But on the flip end is why? 
Right. Would he have still done that oh. if, if he, you know, if he didn't actually need you? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I needed to, so it, it, I'm gonna perk. Here's a perk. You know what I'm saying? This ain't gonna come out of your pocket. You know, I'll give you a little extra bonus, food, food voucher, whatever. And you're like, oh my god, you're gonna food voucher. Yeah, right. I'm just buttering you up to make it look like I'm a great promoter. When in reality, is is like you're getting your ass kicked tomorrow night, and I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> so two different ways to look at it. You know, I'm not saying don't say he's not a great promoter because maybe he is, and he needed you to fill in. And you know, in order for you to fill in, it's like, look, I'm gonna take care of you. Uh, nothing's gonna come out of your pocket, but understand that you're getting set up. You know what I'm saying? Like. Right. You, we both know you ain't gonna win. Hopefully, you know you got there and you're good. And if you pull out a miracle, great. But we both know you ain't gonna win. For sure, <laughs> for sure. So, it's perspective. Hell yeah. So I hate to hate to do this, but my. I gotta get my doggy ready for his date today. <laughs> they, they look like they're getting crazy back there. Yeah. Um. So, do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank, or any shout-outs uh, for your upcoming event, September second at CHI Health Parking Lot? Health Center. Yep. Health Center. It's CHI Health Center out in the parking lot. Uh, we're gonna do an outdoor show, so it's gonna be. Uh, it's my annual outdoor event. It's under a huge tent, so we don't have to worry about like rain, snow, or shine. Um, we got we got a, a live performer. This is our second time doing it. Is we're bringing out a, a, a musician to uh, to do some a rap, you know, for a forty-five minute set before the fight start, and then during the intermission. Uh, I've been doing this. This is my 132nd event, so this is my only second time doing it. But I'm uh, I'm more and more experienced than I was back then. Like to bring other artists on. So King Crime will be performing. Uh, shout out to uh, South Omaha's finest tequila bar for our after parties. Hollow Point Fight Gear. Auto World is our uh, is our car salesman. Um, big brain tattoos, uh, soldier sports. I know I'm going to forget a few of them, but, uh, as far as sponsors, you know, I'm not there. They help us keep going and they, they keep us alive, but shout out to the fighters. You know what I'm saying? If you can't make it out, Omaha fight club TV is our pay-per-view and, uh, hopefully we put on another successful event. And if you can make it out, go see it. it yes. It's really, it's a good experience. There's nothing yeah, like watching a fight live. It's, uh, most people are like, I'm not invested in the MMA world because I don't know what's going on or I don't know a fighter. That's the key. Is go to a fight without knowing anything and pick out your favorite fighter. Yeah. You know, watch them grow. Uh, I can give you names, but again, like, they might not be your favorite fighter that night. They're like, eh, you know, I've read the name, but it was, that's not exactly what I was looking for. But you saw another guy. 
So if you don't have a favorite fighter or somebody you're going to watch, uh, go there and get the experience, number one, of a live event, and then find your favorite fighter and, and follow them. And maybe they'll fight, you know, different venues or in different promotions or whatever, and you're just watching them steadily grow, and hopefully they make it to that next level. Because I did. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And this has been an amazing interview. Tim has so much knowledge because he's been in the game for so long. Uh, and uh, you had so much to say. We really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, our Fighter Spotlight videos are our most watched videos. People love getting to know the fighters, getting to know more in-depth about you. Uh, man, I, I love doing it. Uh, I think we both had a really great time. I mean, you can tell we went for two hours. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. It was just so amazing. Yeah, and it just flew by. So, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. So thank you. And thank you for taking time out of your morning to do this. Uh, Absolutely. I woke up for this. I'm still sleeping. We are extremely grateful. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for, for coming on our podcast. Uh, we look forward to your next show. I know I'm going to check it out. Hopefully you can get some more people to check it out with, uh, with me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You guys are awesome. I'll come on anytime. And next time, hopefully I can bring a fighter in and we can, uh, we can interview him and I can help uh, blow him up. We are down yeah, to do definitely. that anytime. Yeah, just let us know. Yeah, awesome. We, we would love to have you back on, for sure. Good deal. Two Dudes in a Cage, Fighter Spotlight, Tim Bazer. <laughs> <laughs>